What up, MVPs? Thanks for tuning in to another episode from Faulty Logics. This is the Raptors Den. What's up, guys? This is your man, Peter. I'm here with my man, Dan. Um, coming back with another great episode of the Raptors Den coming out for you guys. I'm very interested in these topics that we're going to be talking about. Quick rundown of the agenda. Um, we had some great news out of the Raptors Nation here. We were one of the first teams to clinch a playoff berth in this 2018 playoff cycle that's coming up. We're going to talk about that and their hopes of the playoff run that they have coming up. Also, the struggles that the Cavaliers and other teams in the Eastern Conference were uh, sustaining and seeing if they are going to actually shake off those struggles. We also have another update on the Kawhi Leonard saga and the San Antonio Spurs, as well as there has been a big push in the mental health initiative in the NBA as of recently by a couple superstar all-stars putting in their own two cents about it. We're going to talk about our two cents about how mental health affects other people in other areas and whatnot and how it's relatable to the um, the average man outside of the NBA as well. Absolutely. Um, but I know Dan wants to throw out to our, our giveaway that we're still trying to plug away there for you guys. Yep. So same as usual, we're trying to get to the 100 uh, subscriber target. Uh, again, what's on the line here is two $15 Google Play gift cards. Uh, that means two winners potentially. All you have Definitely. to do is make sure you follow us on YouTube or subscribe, I mean. So just go down right there, subscribe, hit that button. And also while you're down there, leave a comment below. Make sure that your profile is uh, public so that we can see that you're subscribed. And uh, try and leave some, some good comments. We love hearing the comments. We actually read them all the time. We like to respond to them when necessary or when we can. Um, so leave some good comments. We can get some dialogue going between us. Definitely. Um, so let's jump right into it. Um, as I said before, during our rundown, some great news, some historic news for the Raptors franchise. First time ever that we were the first team in NBA this se- that season to clinch our playoff berth first. Yep. Um, great progress as a Raptor organization. The fastest we've done. ever done it as well. Fastest we've ever done it. I think it's one of the fastest that's ever been done. Like We have been just amazing this season it's just so good to see that all of our hard work is finally paying off um so now that we know we're going to the playoffs it's not a question anymore like where we're playing off if we're going to make it now it's more about who we're going to see in the first round of playoffs and right. whatnot um knowing that we're in first in the east right now taking out who we're going to play in the first round second round let's take that out of the question here because we don't know how that's going to fall what do you think the hopes are for the Raptors to make a significant push in these upcoming playoffs? Um, I think that the Raptors have a really good chance, to be honest. Like, I started off the season doubting a little bit. Uh, wasn't sure if they were going to be as good as we expected them to be. I thought they actually were worse than last year. Um, but uh, they've been proving me wrong throughout the entire season. Like, I have to agree with you there. Like, I thought they were going to be a lot worse because there was a lot of unknown players. Like Jakob, what we gonna get from Jakob, from yeah. Pascal, from OG, from Fred Van Vliet. Right. What were we gonna get for CJ Miles? I, I totally agree. Hey, they're they're blowing me away. I I love it. Yeah, it's it's been super fun to watch them, and uh, I mean, depending on where they are in the playoff spot, if if they can clinch one, and they don't have to see, uh, the Celtics or the the Cavaliers until the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I think they're going straight to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's very true. Hey, I. I have to tend to agree with you there as well, to an extent. Yes, we can't run into the Cavaliers or the Celtics until the Eastern Conference Finals for us to have a shot. Yeah. But it's even above that. Like, the Eastern Conference is so tight from the third spot all the way to the eighth. They're only separated by three or four games as of today on March the 10th. So it's such a close conference. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It's going to be a competitive series. Mm -hmm. As of right now, if the playoffs started today, March the 10th, we would be playing the Heat in the first round. Looking at the last three games that we played with the Heat, they were in scraps. Like, I don't think we beat the team by more than five points yeah, in any of the three physical. games. Physical they felt game. like playoff games already. Exactly. <laughs> like, people got ejected. There were fights. Yeah. There were like just chippiness. And within all of that, the games itself were super competitive. So, yes, we're going to face the eighth-place team in the playoffs, but if it is the Miami Heat, are they really an eighth seed? Like, you know what I mean? It's still going to be a competitive game. Mm-hmm. Besides that, even if the Bucks slipped down to the eighth, the Bucks ran us to seven games last year. Right. And if, if the only thing that happened to the Bucks, they got better than last year. Yes. 
So that's still going to be a barn burner of a game as well. Um, so yeah, it, it, it does help if we don't see the Celtics or the Cavs into the finals, but it's not going to be a walkthrough for the first two rounds. Like right. We're going to have to play the Bucks or the Heat, and then after that, we're still going to have to play the Wizards, who have been bonding out of yep. control without John Wall. I was just going to throw them out. So it's like... Wizards, Wizards are pretty tough to beat too, man. It's, it's like, scary. They're, they're sneakily in there as well too, because there's not a lot of talk about them performing well, but they play every game pretty hard. And it's, they're still missing their all-star, John Wall. Right. Like, yes, if they put him in, is he going to change it back to what were happening at the start of the season? Or would they be able to play within the new system that they've developed without him mm-hmm. and just add him on? If they can add him to what the system has turned into, they're they're like one of the top two, three teams in the league. Speaking of the Bucks, they just signed Brandon Jennings to 10 days. Contract. Yes, I saw that as well. <laughs> that was literally like minutes before we started this yes. podcast. He was with the G League team, I'm pretty sure. Or, or in China. Or, or China I don't know. I saw him wearing a... Um, it wasn't a Bucks jersey, but it had Bucks colors. So I thought it was their G League team. Yeah. Is that going to help or hurt? Like, honestly, I think it's going to be amazing. Honestly, I think that uh, Brandon Jennings, we know he can play. Like, he was Rookie of the Year, and I think. Pretty sure. He had, like, or a couple of 50-point games or something as well. We know he can put the ball in the net, yeah. in the net very easily. It's it's just uh, it's weird because the situations he was in, it's just kind of... Bad team system. about him. Bad team systems because yeah. he's one of the guys that you can't draw your team around like they were trying to do when he was with the Pistons or um, where else did he bounce around Jennings? He was like everywhere. he was originally with Milwaukee as well. Too. Yeah, I think I so. Don't know about originally, but, but like he was, he was with, with Milwaukee. Then he went to the Pistons and he played with the Suns for a bit. He's been a job. Yeah, he's been a journeyman. Yes, New York. So I feel like those systems were kind of bad because they were trying to make him more than what he has than what he can be. Right. But now with the Bucks, when he's behind Giannis, behind Eric Bledsoe, he's going to be behind Malcolm Brogdon whenever he comes back. Mm-hmm. Jabari Parker's been bonding out of control recently here as well. I think it's great for where he is, sort of like in the same situation that Nick Young, Swaggy P was. Right. When he was with the Lakers, they needed too much from him. Right. Now that he's on the Golden State Warriors where put up eight shots, if you hit four of them, <laughs> Swaggy P, you did a great job. You had a great game. Right. So that's what they are... What I'm assuming what they want from Brandon Jennings, someone to come relieve um, Bledsoe for 8, 12 minutes a yeah. game, maybe put in 8 to 10 Just points. Just put in some highlight reel plays yeah, once in a while. play defense and get a couple <laughs> baskets. Don't get exploited. So honestly, I think it's going to be benefit them. I think that's going to make them even more competitive this upcoming playoff. Because like I said, he is a journeyman. He's been in the league before. He's been mm. in China before. He's been overseas. He's been in the G League. He's played every type of basketball. He's experienced possible. for sure. Exactly. So it's going to help their team. Like, honestly, I love where the Raptors are sitting first in the East. Am I already buying my NBA Finals tickets for that, <laughs> the ACC? No. I, I, no, because, like, there are a different level of competition when it turns to playoffs. Yeah. Um, I know watching NBA on TNT, they were talking Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, Shaq. They were talking about the Raptors if they were really legit. Charles Barkley is already guaranteeing that we're going to the finals. I like the confidence, Chuck. I like to be a little bit more realistic. Like what Kenny was saying on that broadcast as well, that in the past, it's historically that the Raptors have good regular seasons, but in the playoffs, they fall off. Right. The, the main people, DeMar falls off. Kyle Lowry falls disappears. Off. Exactly. So knowing but the that. the thing about the team this year is that they're able to. Yes, and they and we have the ben, the best bench mob in, in, in the league right now. But then in my head, I'm thinking, like, yes, they were very good. Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, and they fell off. God forbid, what happens if our bench falls off in the playoffs? Right. Granted, DeMar's averaging 28 points, 30 points a game. Kyle's averaging a, a significant double-double. But then our bench doesn't win like they've been doing all regular season. Mm-hmm. Are we going to win our games? I mean, like, right now when we look at it, we have like maybe one or two guys struggling every night off the bench. Yeah. Like right now, it's Norman Powell. He's he had a hot streak. He's kind of mm-hmm. coming off of it right now. But then the other guys pick up after him, right? Exactly. But in the case of lack of experience, going to the finals or uh, playoffs for the first time for a lot of these players. Yes. What if they choke in the playoffs? Right. Exactly. It's so that's why I can't already be buying our tickets to the finals, looking at who we're gonna play in the Western Conference. No, we have to make sure we take care of our job in the first round. We can't be looking until 
the Celtics or the Cavaliers two or three rounds later. We have to take care of business right where it is. Because like I said before, the Raptors have our history of falling off when it means when we need it the most. Look to the Washington Wizards series that we had a couple years ago. The Brooklyn Nets, the couple of Brooklyn Nets series that we had a couple years ago. Like we should have beat both of those teams and we just lost because we didn't come to play. Right. Um, so it makes me nervous. However, I, I like where we are positioned this year as opposed to last year. Um, just purely because we're not so dependent on one guy. And if they take the night off, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I like our chances. I think we're legit. Who's their biggest competition, do you think? Out of the East or out of the league? Out of the East. Out of the East, it it's still going to be the Cavaliers. Even though they have been struggling, we're going to talk about them in a little bit of, as well. But it's still going to be LeBron James. It, it has to be LeBron James. Um, I don't know. How, how do you feel? Who is the biggest Eastern Conference rival? Man, I want to say the Cavaliers because, like, same same as your point, at the end of the day, LeBron James is LeBron James. And we all know you're the super LeBron James yeah. fan here. Like, so, like, don't don't sugarcoat it. I, I, I want to say that it's going to be the Cavaliers that are going to meet them in the Eastern Conference Finals. But even as a LeBron James fan... I'm not so sure if that's going to happen because um, you can say that LeBron turns it up a notch in the playoffs, but how much more can he turn it up? He he was already averaging a triple double in yeah. February, like, and his team is still not doing as great as it could be, right? So it's not up to him at this point; it's up to his team. Yep. Can you trust his team to bring him there? Honestly, like that is that's a very good point. Um, they did get a lot younger, but what comes with youth? comes with inexperience. So, yes, they are good players. Don't get me wrong. Clarkson's a great player. Ronnie Hood's a great player. So is Larry Nance. Has any three of them seen playoffs? I don't... No, no, they haven't. I don't, I don't think any of those three guys, because the Lakers haven't seen the playoffs in the last couple right, of years. Right. Both of Nance and Clarkson were drafted there. Ronnie Hood, I think the Jazz made the playoffs last year. Last year? With Gordon Hayward. Did they not? It might have been... Ronnie Hood might. Might have a playoff experience, maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like you said, will the this youthful team bring him to the finals? Oh, not even the finals. Bring him to the playoffs. Right. Like that's the question here. Bring him to the playoffs. The other question here too. I I believe the Cavs could definitely make it to the playoffs. No no problem about that. But uh, one thing we talk about is how these players are affecting the Cavaliers. Um, since the team has reshaped itself. Uh, LeBron and Larry Nance Jr., their duo is the most efficient duo in the NBA right now. Have you watched Larry <laughs> Nance play basketball with LeBron James? They are yin and yang. It reminds me a lot of back when LeBron and Wade first got together. Yeah. Like, well, more LeBron's doing what Wade was doing and Larry Nance is doing what LeBron was doing back in Miami with the pick and roll, high yeah. pick and roll, alley-oop dunks because Larry Nance could jump out of the he gym. like fly. Like LeBron could have like four or five years ago, he could have jumped out of the gym. It's and, and LeBron James is a little bit not as attacky as he was five, six years ago. He likes a mid-range game now because he's getting right. a little older. He so can shoot. That's what it is now. So that one-two duo is actually quite scary. Like that makes it. me nervous as a Raptor fan. That if those two can get it going like they have been doing it yeah. for the last month, and then they can get a shooter in the corner of Kyle Korver. He has been the biggest letdown to me as a Cavalier. Like, I thought with Kyle Korver there, it's it's over. Like, right, right, right. He was just going to make it rain. <laughs> Ever since LeBron he left Atlanta, James. right? <laughs> yeah. Like, LeBron James would get the triple team like he always does. Kyle Korver in the corner, bang, three points. It's already yeah. put it up on the port, on the board before he shoots I it. think the only reason why that hasn't happened is, one, he has he's a defensive liability. Yep. And two, he has to fight for minutes with J.R. Smith. Who isn't like, I mean, between the two of them, it's it's not bad to have your have them on your Competition team. But, like that, but you don't you don't want either of them starting, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's very true. The both bench be players, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, but the reason why Jr. gets the leg up, it's defense, like seniority, yeah, not even this, he is not as big of a def- he's not a defensive. He's become liability. a defensive player. Yeah, he's not a defensive liability. Yeah, like not Kyle anymore. Korver is a defensive liability. <laughs> um, that and I think it's the confidence of Kyle Korver. Like he's coming to a new situation. He wasn't. He was underperforming since he came. That has to take a a, a hit to your psyche. Knowing like, okay, I was averaging mid thirty to four, to low forty percent from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. Now that I come to a new team, I'm doing le- uh, low thirty percent. Like, 
it must take a toll on them. Um, so actually, we're in a good segue here right now with the Cavs' overall struggles. I know from the All Star break, I think they're about five hundred. They're sitting at five hundred from the All Star break, just above five hundred. Yeah. Um, which surprises me because, like we've said, LeBron James has light switches that he turns on at certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. Yes, he turns it on after the All Star break. Then he turns it on going into playoffs. Um, it looked like he missed this one light switch. Like, he didn't turn it up after the All-Star break. It's like he had his trade, he turned it up then. And then All-Star break came, and he sort of slid into it and then just fell off yet again. Um, kind of surprised me. Still can't bet against Cleveland because, like, it is LeBron James, so I still think he's going to be a great run into mm-hmm. the playoffs. Like, it, especially if they can get a little bit of a winning streak going into the playoffs. Just winning the last five, six games going into the playoffs – it's going to do wonders for their confidence. We also have to remember that uh, their other all-star, all-star Kevin Love, yeah. hasn't been playing yeah, as well, Kevin too. Kevin Love has been how, out for significant how time. How is that going to work once he comes back into the rotation? The only guy that I'm truly concerned about, really, or the only person who should be concerned, mm-hmm. is Tristan Thompson. Like, okay, well, <laughs> we, we already knew his time was going to get slashed Anyways. He, he's going to go, I think, after this season, for I sure. I think he should as whether, well. Whether or not LeBron stays, I think he's leaving. Yeah, I, he's I a agree big with contract, well. and he isn't producing. No, agreed. But then coming back to that Kevin Love point coming back in, there have been speculation, would you put him back in the starting lineup? Because if you do that, who's going to come out? Larry yeah. Nance? Larry Nance and LeBron James are, the, like you said, the most efficient duo. Right. You can't put him on the bench and have Kevin Love. So you can put Kevin Love back in the five. Yeah. Who's their five right now? It wasn't it? Tristan Thompson. It's Thompson still? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But then, then yes, Kevin Love is a rebounder. But, like, you have no true inside presence. Larry, Larry Nance Jr., yes, he is a, a, a four. But he's not a postman. He's right. a high pick and roll Chris Bosh type of player. You still needed the uh, Joel Anthony was on the Miami Heat team. You need a body down low. Kevin Love's not that body. Tristan Thompson okay. can be that body down low just to bully people down there. Kevin Love can't do it. Larry Nance can't do it. But Tristan Thompson is a small five as well. That's true. That's the next thing. He's a small five. And Larry Nance is a like, small four. ZZ Antich needs to step his game up, man. <laughs> ZZ Antich should not even see the court ever in the playoffs. But, but then again, I guess Larry Nance is an undersized four and Kevin Love is an undersized... Well, yeah, Kevin Love, I would say he's an undersized five. Well, yeah. he's still a seven He's supposed to be a four. Yeah. Um, and Tristan Thompson is an undersized five. It makes up because LeBron James is an oversized everything. <laughs> he mm-hmm. can play one to five, and he can do it well. Right. So I'm not too worried if Kevin Love comes off the bench or if he's starting. It would be cool to see. Like I, I don't know what their rotation is as of right now. Um, but with Kevin Love coming back, I think it's only going to benefit them. Honestly. Um, especially with the three-point game. Because yeah. with Larry Nance and LeBron James doing their pick-and-roll game, all you need is three other shooters. Like, just shooters yeah. on the court. And you kind of got them with Jordan Clark, Rodney Hood. Yep. Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, Kevin Love. You got shooters everywhere. Yeah. Shooters, so it's nice. Um, I don't know. I still, I, I still want to see what the Cavaliers can do a little bit closer to playoffs. That's where it's really going to come into, into play. Um, so moving on now. We can move on to uh, another topic that we want to talk about. The, uh, the forever ongoing saga, which is Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I do not even remember the last time he played. I'm pretty sure it was in November was the last time he actually suited up for an NBA game. Um, yeah, it must have been November. Can't remember. November, November or December. It was the last time that he came. So there's actually um, um, updates on that situation. They were talking with Popovich and Kawhi, seeing where they stand. Um, one journalist asked Kawhi, do you see your career ending as a spur? He replied, to my surprise, as yes. He, he does want to stay in San Antonio. Don't know if he wants to stay, but I think it might have been more the politically correct answer of, yeah, I want to stay with the Spurs, but when you see a good deal, you're out the door without saying bye. Right. Um, so I, he does say he wants to stay, but I think it's only if the situation fits him. Um, so I know you had a little bit more that you wanted to say about the Kawhi situation. Um, same with you. I was really surprised about Kawhi Leonard saying, yes, he wants to stay. Um, all the media has been saying so far was that he wanted out. Mm-hmm. He wasn't on good terms with uh, organi- the organization. 
And I mean, if he wants to stay with the organization, why does he not want to play right now when he's medically cleared to? It's the next thing, right? Because um, I know a couple of weeks ago, we even, we even released the information that he was medically cleared, cleared to play. But for some reason, he was holding out just to make sure he was 100%. So a lot of people had some confusion about that. When you're medically cleared to play, it's not saying you're 100%. You're, you're probably not even close to 100%. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact of if you play, you won't further injure yourself. Right. You're still going to be probably playing at 80 85%, but it's still safe for you to play. So with that, if you are so invested in coming back and wanting to improve your team, wouldn't you want to come back and improve your team? Like, Especially at this time of the season where you're heading into the playoffs, your team is struggling. On, on They're in the playoff hunt. They're in the playoff, in the playoff hunt, playoff but uh, I mean, they could easily get bumped out. Nobody's yeah. clinched the playoff berth on, on the West. Um, and if you're going to regain chemistry with the team, now's the time to do it. Exactly. And their team is struggling. It would pain me to watch from the sideline in a team that I'm quote-unquote invested in and want to come back to. If I see my brothers in arms going out, playing hard and losing every single game, Mm -hmm. and I know I can bring another element to help them win, Mm -hmm. I would have to help them to play. Because if I'm invested in something, I want to do whatever I can to make it the best that it can be. But not playing is not helping anybody. Especially with the situation he's in where um, it's possible that the Spurs could have beat the Warriors last year. Yeah. And due to a stupid injury... Um, Zaza. <laughs> due, to, due to Zaza, your playoff, your playoff or your, run ended early. Yeah, your NBA your finals ended early. just went out with that Wouldn't you want to come back like with a vengeance and... And, and give it to them? Yeah, Especially exactly. because the Warriors... Yes, they are still, I think they're 0.5 games behind the Rockets or like tied for the Rockets. You don't want the Rockets to have the satisfaction of beating the guys you're supposed to get. Exactly. And like the Rock and the Warriors are beatable this season. Like last year when they had their record breaking season, that was stupid. Like now they have came back to mortal status. Like especially because the Rockets have beat them, the the Raptors have beat them. Like people have beat these guys. Like it's not so much that there are an upper class in the NBA that the Warriors are on. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's more of an even playing field. So with the right people in place, I think the Spurs could outseat the Spur- the, the Warriors. Especially last night as well. Portland beat Golden State. Um, and Portland... Albeit Stephen Curry wasn't playing. Fair. But that and um, Damian Lillard balled out of control. But Kevin Durant had 50 points that game. Yeah. And they still lost. So they are beatable. Like, their team is not as deep as it was before. Their bench is a little bit lacking with Iggy not doing as well as what he was doing. Right. Swaggy P Same not being Sean good. Livingston. Yeah, Sean Livingston's not any any flashier than he was last year. Like, you know what I mean? It's not that they improved themselves. Honestly, what what was one move that they did other than bringing in JaVale McGee, which, surprisingly, actually was pretty beneficial. <laughs> um, but other than that, they haven't really made any significant moves. Yeah. So, it, honestly, they have not gotten better. So, they are beatable. I think the Spurs need a Kawhi Leonard. And if they get him back at at least 85% playing defense, just, I don't even think they need him to score 25 points like he was doing before the injury and what right. he was doing last year. They just need him for defense and leadership, which is exactly what he brings to the table. So, I think Kawhi is going to stop whatever is hindering his comeback and come back and play basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's him and Popovich. I don't know if it's him and management. I don't know if it's him and players. But that has to get fixed. And it has to get fixed right now if the Spurs want to be contenders in the West. So you mentioned uh, Kevin Durant scoring 50 points, not being able to win the game. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to bring this back to the Raptors. Because uh, just last night, we played the Rockets. The best game in the <laughs> NBA season this year. It was unbelievable. <laughs> And uh, the only reason the Rockets were able to hang on was because James Harden put up a ridiculous 40, 40 points. points. And, and I, was, I was at that game. At halftime, he only had like 12 or 14 points. And then he just went off yeah. in the second half. It was unbelievable to watch. I love watching James Harden play basketball. It's so smooth. If he has the ball in his hand, you are not out of the game until the final buzzer right. goes. 
So I, I, I honestly like James Harden and the Rockets. They are such a streaky team. Like in the first half of that Raptors Rockets game, they were ice cold, absolutely ice cold. Like they got 16 points in the first quarter, right. where the Raptors got 30 something. We we doubled the score in the first quarter, so we were feeling good. Drake was at the game. He was talking a little trash at, at the <laughs> intermission. I, I was a little nervous about that. Um, but then again, in the second half, Eric Gordon had zero points at halftime. He ended with 16. Right. James Harden had 16 points at the half. He ended with 40. Chris Paul came out of nowhere in the second half, started bawling out. Like, <laughs> it terrified me when they were watching, when I was watching that game, purely because the Rockets have so many weapons at so many different positions. Yeah. Who do you guard? Who do you look at? Trevor Ariza banged out a couple triples as well. Like, it was nerve-wracking. But, like you were saying, Durant had an unbelievable game, still got the loss. James Harden had an unbelievable game, still got the loss. So, it's not all about one player. Yeah, it's a team effort. Exactly. And that's why I feel a little bit more comfortable about the Raptors. Because last year, and the years before that, we were a one-man team. We were DeRozan, Tyler Lowry, ISO, Create. Now that we have understood that doesn't work and we have gotten a bench, we are more overall well-rounded. And that is why I think we won that game last night. Dwayne Casey, coach of the year? Yes. I don't, I don't even understand how there's <laughs> such a conversation about it. Like, what about Mike D'Antoni? Ah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> he had a great, a great year as well. Don't, I don't make that sigh as like a knock to Mike D'Antoni. But... How much coaching his, is there in run and gun? Exactly. That and his Don't team, take a mid-range shot. <laughs> his team got better without him. Like, you know what I mean? They got Chris Paul. They got yeah. draft. They got P.J. Tucker. They got people around their already great team. They got Joe Johnson. Right. They, they got players to make their team better. What did the Raptors do? We drafted. Right. Who... Like, we didn't get proven players like these guys got. We had to create our players. Who, who's the Rocket Center? Uh, Clint Capella. Oh, man. That guy is just... Got, oh. And they have Nene coming but, off the bench. But Harden makes him so good. Oh, they did so <laughs> many alley-oops for that guy, too. It just pissed the crap out of me. Um, so He, like, should be giving Harden half of his paycheck. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he's giving him his whole paycheck. Um, but that that's what it is. That's why I think Dwayne Casey is the hands-down coach of the year, purely because he had generally the exact same team that he has th- right now, last year, but he overhauled the offense. No more ISO. We're yeah. pick and pop. Yeah. We're going to run with our bench. We're going to post up with JV. We're going to get DeMar some, some high pick and rolls and create shots. So he is the only one that I can confidently show people like on paper Look at everything that he has coached up mm-hmm. to make the team better. Mike D'Antoni, what was his coaching? Telling the general manager to get Chris Paul? That's not a coach. That, that, that's general manager. Yeah. So, yes, what I'm coming at is Dwayne Casey, coach of the year. We can give the Rockets management or um, executive of the year. That's fine with me. But other than that, we were talking about Brad Stevens being coach of the year early in the season when they had 16-game winning streak mm-hmm. or whatever the Boston Celtics winning streak was. Okay, now we're... Where are they now? Um, the Raptors are number one in the East. We're not getting any conversation. Right. And and Dwayne Casey coached in the All-Star game, won that. He has been the most winningest coach in franchise history this year. Clinched 300, year, 300 uh, career wins as a Raptor. This is the year for his, ti- for his coaching of the year title. Just to add to that a little bit, uh, with our win against the Rockets, that makes us 2-0 versus Houston this yeah. year. And... Uh, Basically, there's no other team to do that this year. No. We're the only team that's undefeated against them. And yet, ESPN analysts, the geniuses that they are, are still saying that it's a scheduled loss for the Houston uh, Rockets. They're, They're intentionally losing this. I've heard similar, similar stories. I don't buy it for a second. Not at all. Um, especially because the Raptors coming off of this, they had three games in four days. No one talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also played in uh, Detroit a couple of days before. We had the back-to-back in that. We went to overtime against Detroit as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, yes, it was a scheduling loss, What, whatever that means. Like, 
this is not their first NBA season. This is not the first three games in five days or three games in four days, whatever the situation may be. Um, yes, the Rockets were coming off a little bit of a road swing. They had a 16-game winning streak. It doesn't matter like if you're going to lose. Like, you're not going to want to lose that streak. No. Like, you're going to play. Yes. It's like it's, oh, we have a 17-game winning streak, but we're going to play the Raptors. Let's lose that. No. No NBA player. Scratch that. Not, no competitive basketball player would ever say, let's lose this game. Right. And like we said last time, even if the organization wants to tank, the players are not going to no. want to. No. Not at all. Because only, the only players that would potentially want to tank are people that know that they can get a contract, a better contract somewhere else. So they want to like make sure they're healthy, make sure they look good still for a free agency year, mm-hmm. which just doesn't make sense. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't believe that they threw that game or anything of that nature. They are still gunning to win every single game the rest of the season. Yeah. And if anything, I think this loss of the Raptors put fuel under their ass. So, like, they are going to come out. I feel bad for everyone else because we're done playing them <laughs> until they eat the finals. So, I feel bad for everyone else. So. Yeah. But definitely, uh, yeah, Dwayne Casey, I think, deserves Coach of the Year. Yeah. Last year, I, I'll i be honest, I didn't watch a lot of Raptors games because I found them really boring. And they, but, uh, and they were because they didn't like the fast break. They didn't like to yep. push the tempo. And then preseason came around. I watched them play a little bit. I liked the ball movement. I was like, boy, maybe uh, if this keeps up, there'll be a fun team to watch. Yeah, and keep the keep the youth actually getting minutes. Yeah, went to the Philadelphia game. I think it was the third game this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really fun. Like, ball movement is still there. Ball movement is still there right now. So, yeah, so I love it. It's great. And it's actually that we have given the confidence to the young guns. And they're actually, it's paying dividend. Like, they are actually taking that confidence and running with it, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable. It's only going to get better with time, with more confidence as well. Um, and also, that game, we were missing OG Ananobi, one of our better defenders, who should have locked down James Harden from that 40. Norm Powell did his best. Didn't do well. Right. Um, <laughs> whatever. But there's only so much you can do yeah, with James there's Harden. There's only so much you can do with James Harden. Like, he was still getting in the paint at will. Like no help side. Even when help side came, he got them. He put them in the air. Right. It was bad. Um. So I don't know. I, I like the the youth that we have there, especially with like unknown players that are two way players with our G League. Malcolm Miller. I know nobody knows who that guy is unless <laughs> you are a Raptor fan. But he came out and he put down seven points in a row in the third quarter by himself. No one scored. Yeah. Other than him, is, is he only on the ten day contract? Or he's not on the ten day. He's actually signed for the season. He's signed for the year with the nine hundred five. Okay, we were allowed to have two transitional players. Right, right. Um, that's Malcolm two Miller, 80. and then we have um Malachi, Malachi, Malachi uh, Richardson, Richardson from the Kings deal because Bruno was the other one on that two way right. contract. Um, so Malcolm is on our two way, and actually we have another one. We have Lonzo, Lorenzo Brown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. But I think he's more or less. In the 905. Um, but Malcolm Miller came out, played not good minutes. He actually started the last two games that OG's been injured for. Um, the one in Detroit and the one in... Uh, I forget where else we played. Um, so he started. He got time. He didn't do anything significant. I don't think he even got double digits. But right. it's still the fact of the confidence of going out there, knocking down a couple shots, and knowing that you can belong in this league if you get the opportunity. Right. Who knows? And God forbid, knock on wood, if OG gets another injury, we have that peace of mind of knowing Norman and Malcolm Miller can split their duties at the small forward. Yeah, in they're a pretty pinch, deep there. In a pinch. And Siakam and can even fill that position. Exactly. If we want to play big, we can do that. We have CJ Miles. He can come out and knock some threes if we need him. He's our main guy, but we need him to stay with the bench rotation. Yeah. So that's where we have Norman or Miller jumping into the stunning rotation just because the least amount of changes is the best. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we're going to lose the starter. No point of moving CJ up to our starter that hasn't played together. And bring someone else into the defense, that, into the bench line that hasn't played together. Um, so, that's probably, that's the question that a lot of people have. Like, who's Malcolm Miller? Why is he starting over CJ? It's because it is what needs to be done. I heard and, a lot of it was, why is he starting over Norman? <laughs> that as well. And, and those are tough decisions to make, yeah. especially back a couple months ago when Norman Powell fell out of the rotation entirely. Yeah, Those are hard decisions, and those are hard coaching decisions 
that have clearly paid dividends because we are where we are right now. And that's another reason why Dwayne Casey should be coach of the year. Especially after you pay the guy big money and then you're like, damn, we're not going to play this guy? Yeah, it's like... It's pressure on the coach. It is. And like a lot of coaches won't will take to that pressure and just play him even though he's struggling just because the manager the management will be like, we're paying him $20, $12 million, $13 million a season. We want this guy to play. Yeah. Dwayne Casey goes, no, I'm sorry. He's not fitting the situation. We are going a different direction. And it is paying off exponentially. And that is more reasons why he is coach of the year. If he does not win coach of the year, I don't even understand. Because he's won it before as a Raptors coach. So has Sam Mitchell. So, like, Dwayne Casey is coach of the year. There's no question about it to me. No question. Of course, in the American League, there will be questions about it. (laughs) But, like, another thing to me as well, DeMar DeRozan. It's not as a hands-down that he should win MVP. He should be in the conversation. Top three, in my opinion, for MVP this season. I don't know how you feel about Along that. Along with who? James Harden. James Harden, he got robbed of MVP right. last year as well. So I think he's definitely, definitely in the conversation. And then you have your, your normal LeBron James, <laughs> Kevin Durant, um, stuff like that. Giannis is putting together an unbelievable season. Unfortunately, his team's not translating that into W's. But he should be maybe not as deep in the conversation as DeMar should definitely be. But he should be conversated. Like, he, they should know about him because like he's yeah. putting almost a triple-double season together. He's got, like, uh, <laughs> over 20 points a game, 5.2 assists, 4 rebounds. Yeah, like, that's... like, everyone was uh, laughing at me when I was saying that I was picking up DeRozan in past years because he can pass and rebound as well. They're like, yeah. what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, he's like a 25-5 player. Yeah, <laughs> and it's true. And that's what you need on the Spectrum Fantasy teams and on the team to build around. You need your franchise player not just to be a 40-point scorer a game. That's nice because if you look at James Harden, he's still second on his team in assists. Yeah. He's averaging eight-something assists a game, and he's still averaging number one in the points. He's averaging 30 points, eight, eight assists a game, Ridiculous. handful of rebounds, maybe four or five rebounds a game, which is unbelievable. So that's why I think he's an MVP. It's more than just one scoring. And I think that's evident in Russell Westbrook. Last last season when he won the MVP, not by any means were the Thunder the best team. I would say they were a good team, maybe right. a decent team, not not even a great team. Um, so in the reason why he won it is because he could do everything for your team, and that to me is what a most valuable player is. If you take that guy off their team, what How does will that happen? Team look? What, what would happen if you remove Demar from our team? Yeah, we would still be decent because our bench is so nice. But no, we, we would not be in the top five in the East. No questions mm-hmm. asked. And and that's one of the reasons why I really dislike Stephen Curry getting his first MVP. Is because if you took him out of that situation in Golden State, I still think, uh, even right now, yeah, he's not he's not the core of the team. No. You, get, you could have taken him out even the second year that he got MVP. Yeah. The team is still going to go. Probably sixty plus wins. I was gonna say, if yeah, not the seventy three. So maybe, maybe they won't finish first in the West, but they'll finish second, third. Okay, well, like that's still a right. hell of a team. You know what I right. mean? Right. Whereas in all these past years, even though we talk about LeBron James every single year mm-hmm. being an MVP candidate, but he always gets overlooked. Realistically, take LeBron James off of the Cleveland Cavaliers, where are they? Nowhere. <laughs> I, and, and you want to know how I know that for a fact? Look when he was off the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> right. Where were they? They were nowhere. Like they were trash. So it's the same thing. Like if you remove LeBron James from all of his teams, just take him out of the league, just pretend he never has existed. Would the Heat go to all those finals? Hell no. no. Would the Cavaliers have gone to the finals back when his first stint and then now in the three in a row that they have been to? Hell no. Hell no. So that to me is the most valuable player. You remove Steph Curry, yeah. They wouldn't go 73 wins, 60, 55, right. which is still unbelievable. Like, the Raptors just broke 50 wins three years ago for right. the first time in franchise history, and we threw, like, a parade. <laughs> like, so that's like, why DeMar's an MVP. Exactly. Same with Westbrook. He deserved oh, it. Yeah, really, Westbrook, he made those 
crap players decent. He single-handedly, I don't know how many wins they got last year. He let's just say fed them. Let's points. just say they got 40 wins last season. He single-handedly won 38 of those wins. <laughs> like maybe two other wins were coming from I don't know, Sam Adams, Steven Adams getting a couple points here or there. Um they had Victor Oladipo on their yeah, team at yeah. once upon a time. He might have balled out a couple games. Like <laughs> before that he had Every win was because of Russell Westbrook. Right. Hands down. So that's why he should have won MVP. Granted, I, I feel bad for James Harden because last year was his year to do it, purely because he was in the same situation as Russell Westbrook. If they removed him, the Rockets would not have been nearly as good. Yes, if you remove James Harden from the team now, they're still not going to be nearly as good, but they but would still, still be better. Good. They would still be better than the vast majority of NBA teams. Um, purely because Chris Paul, they have like our, like they, like we were saying, their team is just so deep. They have so many weapons everywhere. Yeah. Um, you remove James Harden, they would fall from first to maybe fourth, third, maybe fourth, fifth. Maybe? The thing with the West is that the West is pretty tight. Too. It is super tight. Well, other than one two, one two is yeah. super tight up top, and then there's a huge gap, and then three to three to ten yeah. is really really tight. Exactly. So they could have been anywhere in there. Right? And that's what it is. So but, uh, I think this year. James Harden probably will win the MVP. Yeah. I think he deserves it. Me too. Um, the guy's just probably the best one-on-one player in the NBA, right? Yes, now. yes. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Like, if he has the ball at the top of the key, his little shoulder Euro step fake in the paint is unbelievable. Like, I just don't understand how people bite it. it I love it's... watching videos about the mechanics of his step back. Yeah, it's... But... God. It doesn't make sense. Like when you're watching, you're like, okay, you know exactly what he's gonna do, but when he does it, he just does a little, a little variation, and it's a totally different play. Yeah, and everyone just falls off, and and everyone calls uh, James Harden out on his step back as being a travel and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like if you watch it slowed down, it is not a travel. He breaks it down masterfully. The split second of the mm-hmm. step and the, and the catch. Yeah. Oh my god! It like is, you know, he works on. That move probably a million times a day over the summer. And I still say during the season. Like I've kept saying when I was watching the game, he's poetry in motion. He is like trying to catch water with your bare hand. You can't do it. He just slithers here, goes there, drops off an alley-oop, doom, two points. He's the best footwork I've ever seen it's in the NBA. unbelievable. Best footwork. Um, so, I don't know. Playoffs are going to be great. I think the last stretch here, we're, we're sitting at about 14, 13 games each team left. In the regular season, buckle up. It's going to be a great a great run. Because I know the Raptors right now are sitting two games above Boston, maybe one and a half games. The Rockets are on par, maybe half a game over the, the Warriors. So first place races for each, each conference is going to be great. I'm looking forward to the four to eight in the playoff races. Seeing where positions are going to sit. Yeah. Because that's the main thing. Like. It's a total toss-up. Like you said, there is not one clinched playoff spot in the West. Like, that's unbelievable. Like, realistically, I know it's not going to happen. The Rockets could not make the playoffs. If they, they just yeah, lose potentially. every single game for the rest of the season and other people start winning, right. they could not make the playoffs. Right. That just blows my mind that you can go on a 16-game winning streak and not make playoffs. Of course, it's a huge potentially. They're, they're going to make it. But it's, it's, it's shocking to see. Mm-hmm. Bringing it all the way back to the Raptors again. Final topic of the the, the podcast, I guess. Mm-hmm. Biggest one is uh, DeMar DeRozan and his issues that have brought up uh, across the league about the mental health awareness. So, honestly, um, DeMar was one of the first players, this season at least, to come out saying that he struggles with mental, mental health issues, depression issues, things of that nature. Um, and right off of that, a couple, I, I think it was a week or within a week later, Kevin Love put out a great Players' Tribune report about how he's suffering with mental health issues and his different anxiety, panic attack um, situations. Um, so I know we want to d- dive a little bit deeper into the mental health issues that, that plague a lot of people, not just the average Joes, the, all the all-stars. It, it, it goes from the lowest of the lows to the highest of the highs of people. It affects everyone. I know, Dan, you read the whole Players' Tribune of Kevin Love. I read the spark notes of it. Um, so definitely, let me hear what you feel about both. We can go about DeMar and yeah. Kevin Love. So let's start off with DeMar first, because uh, if if you guys don't know, uh, you guys are terrible Raptors fans. Yes. <laughs> but uh, he's been going through depression. Um, I think this is 
something that looking at him you would never really know but now that you've known and you look at him you're like yeah that i could see sense. it no i, I don't right? think, okay finish your point I, I agree with that okay yeah Good so point. the thing is like coming from where he's come from he's come from compton small town not the greatest place to grow up in very hard um his father was a very very strict father uh he was the one that pushed him to become an nba player and even though he was a hard uh or strict father uh he has a really great relationship with his father and over right before the all-star break uh i think even during the early part of the season his father fell ill yep and he's been flying back and forth in between games to L.A. to visit his father, things yeah. like that. Um, you mentioned also he's going through a divorce with his wife. Yep. And there, there, there is a um, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to, custody battle yep. that's going on with him and his kids. I'm, I'm sure all, if you're a true Raptor fan, you've seen his daughter. I'm, I'm totally spacing on her name right now. Such a cute girl. Can't remember her. Yeah, but yeah, she's very cute. Um, yeah. Like, so all these kind of things are kind of coming down, crashing on him at once. And... Most of us, even as individuals, you, ha- you might have one issue, you might have two issues, and you can you can kind of handle these types of things. Yep. But when such big events all come down at once, it's not just that anymore. Even the small things that normally wouldn't affect you, they seem like they're they're crashing, and they, they, the weight of the chest, world is just on. Yeah, you. your chest is collapsing inside. So I know there's a, a common thing that goes out there that most bad things come in threes. So yes, this is coming into the Demar. His father was sick. He's going through a separation. The pressure of the of the team having the best season they've ever had coming onto him right now because he's made that statement that says, "I am Toronto. We're going to do everything together." So now it comes with the good and the bad. Yes, the good comes with Demar, but if the team doesn't succeed in the playoffs, who's going to get the point, the finger pointed at him the most? Right. It's going to be Demar. So, so I think that's what's weighing on him as well. I I love that you point that out because. Uh, I think it's, if you guys listen to the podcast, I've mentioned many times that I feel like uh, Kyle Lowry should be traded. Mm-hmm. Um, I've since changed my mind on that. And because at the end of the day, team chemistry is a big thing, like you said. Um, without Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry being the clown that he is and the, the fun side of it, I think he's one of the main reasons why DeMar DeRozan is still DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Without Kyle Lowry, like we probably would see a DeMar DeRozan fall apart yeah. and just succumb to his depression, right? Yep, and, uh, and go down dark tunnels. Yeah, so I think uh, even if Kyle Lowry isn't uh, a major focal point in our offense going forward because he's coming towards the latter half of his career, if we start developing up other players, you still want to keep Kyle Lowry with the organization to keep your main guy. Yeah, yeah, because the chemistry, chemistry is huge with them. Their their friendship, their bond that they have created over the last what was it six years that they've played together now? Five? I don't six even years? know. A handful of years that they've played together. Their bond has came so strong that yes, if we do trade Kyle Lowry, it's gonna not just affect Demar Derozan's game, his his on court. It's going to affect his off court. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a risk that I don't think it's willing to take, especially because Kyle Lowry is sort of coming out to ball, coming out to ball as of recently. So it's sort of one of the things that we can put on the back burners until we actually need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, it, it is quite evident that something was troubling DeMar. And like, like I was going to say a little bit earlier at the start of your point there is, you would never really be able to tell with DeMar that something is wrong. Because that's just his demeanor. Exactly. He's very soft-spoken. He's really to himself. You wouldn't know something's wrong unless you knew him very, very well, which none of us really have the pleasure of doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's one of those things that now that he's come out and said it and he shed light on it, you can sort of sit back and, and appreciate and go, wow, I never really thought of it that way with you there, DeMar, about you having other things to worry about other than putting a ball on the hoop that yes you're a human being and like stuff comes down you have to be a father you have to be a husband you have to be a son um you have all these responsibilities more than just to your city and your team you have things to your families your friends your colleagues your everything mm-hmm. so it, it is coming a lot on demar and now that he has brought the light to to it and, and tried to shake the stigma 
only poor, depressed. Like if you're poor and you have no money, you, right. you have depression. No, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Purely because even if you have all the money in the world, money can't buy happiness. It can't do everything for you. You right. still need to have that support system by the ones that you love and, and everyone being with you at that situation as well. Right. And I think uh, even even before DeMar DeRozan came out of this uh, and, and said whatever he said with the Toronto Star, um, we also can look into recent past as well too with other people's dealing with it, but maybe not in the same way. For example, LeBron James leaving to Cleveland. The first year that he left, he was a different person. He had a negative energy around him. He had this. He played with this hate and wanting to kind of get back at his fans, things like that. And it wasn't until the second season that they played together where he kind of shed that hatred Maybe. off him, yeah. started being more of himself again, and eventually ended up winning a championship that he kind of overcame it and became a more mature person. Mm-hmm. Now when you look at him, he's a lot more fun-loving. Fun-loving. There's no weight on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's progressed to that stage of where... Not really caring about self, what people think. Yeah, and being self-aware. Yep. Um, another guy that you want to take a look at is uh, Derek Rose mm-hmm. earlier this year. Oh, he must have went to some dark, dark periods in his career. Right, yeah, and he even questioned whether or not he's going to even play basketball and does he enjoy the sport even the the first time he tore his ACL uh you saw him cry at the the uh the the launch of his shoes right that was a big thing for him because like he didn't know if he was going to be able to play yeah like why have a shoe deal if I'm not a basketball player anymore right and he's coming back uh he he came out of the uh Chicago as well too Mm -hmm. not the greatest areas in Chicago as well and now he's this youngest MVP that has ever played in the NBA and is this still today? Yeah, he still is, is still today. today? Yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, so all this tremendous pressure on you. You think you're at the peak, but there's all this stuff in the back that And it can you get taken away. Don't know. So fast. Like yes, you could be at the peak of your, your NBA career, like Derek Rose, and then it can just get taken away in a matter of a of a game. Mm-hmm. Um I like to see Derek Rose somewhat bouncing back to his to his Chicago roots. Going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. He he did um, sign. Did you know? Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I like that as well. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna add to it because you've always been a non-believer of Derrick Rose this season. <laughs> no, because like honestly, I, I I like to see that he's coming back. Yeah. Am I going to go out and buy a Derrick Rose jersey or no? He's did, he's still garbage. Did you see this Derrick Rose quote? Okay, I'm gonna read it for you because yeah. I think it's directed towards you. To me directly, okay? Like, what's up, Derek? Okay, so he goes, you could have your perspective on me as far as I am, uh, as far as I'm a bum. I can't play. I can't shoot. But at the same time, I don't need your fucking validation. So that to me, I think based on him being in the situation that he was earlier in this season and him coming out and saying that now, him uh, overcoming that and even deciding to come back to join the Cavaliers, I think he's gotten past that part mentally. And hopefully he doesn't go back to it. There's always a chance that you can regress. But I think he's in a state where um, he's he's ready to be focused again. Mm-hmm. And I he, still think he can be great. And, <laughs> and, and he's invested in the basketball. Okay, Dan, you, you could think that. <laughs> I, I, I agree with Derek. Like, I'm a strong believer as well. Media can say what the heck, whatever the fuck they want to say. Like... And I know our pa- podcast, I know we don't think of ourselves as media, but yeah. we really are the media of, of the basketball world. So, yes, you are totally a thousand percent correct, Derek Rose. You don't need my validation. Right. I am still going to say you're a bum. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to say it until you can prove me wrong. But I'm not going out of my way to give you a contract because you're a bum. Like, I'm glad you landed on your feet. I don't wish the worst on you. Like, I loved you when you were in Chicago. You were a great player to watch. Yeah. It's good that Thibodeau signed you. You're back with Jimmy Butler. You're back with um, Taj Gibson. It's cool. <laughs> Let's see what you got, Derek. Like, hey, For what it's worth, D-Rose, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I still think you can come back to your former MVP self. Hey, and if you do, Derek, if you start averaging... I don't want to say a double-double. If you start averaging good numbers, decent enough numbers coming off the bench, I will applaud. I will go out and buy a Derrick Rose Timberwolves jersey. I'll have no shame in rocking oh, it either yeah. if you can play well wearing it. So, 
another guy that I'm worried about in terms of mental health awareness is Isaiah Thomas. Mm. So we all know what he's gone through in the past couple of years. Um, he's oh, been years. traded it's, from it's team been, to team. It's been and uh, not even Since 12 months. Even before his draft, really. Before his draft. Because he was drafted 60th. Oh, okay, right? that's true. Yeah. Like, but nobody I, believed in him. No, no. That's fair, bro. He's a 5'8". Right. Shooting, shooting guard. Right. Like not, not a point guard. He's a five-eight shooting guard. Right. So that's fine. But like, it's been a nine-month or ten-month window where just he's been getting shit thrown on him, <laughs> like absolutely crap out yeah, of his yeah. control is just going on. It starts with his his sister, the passing of his sister, the unfair treatment in Boston, the unfair Tooth. treatment in Cleveland. Dude is not even that big of a deal compared to everything. But. That's true. And then the the unfair situation in cleveland and now going to the lakers and now no one really wanting him and now he's a free agent he's next still getting year. disrespected by nba players yes and and he's probably not going to get a contract next like a decent contract next yeah. year so yes he's got thrown through the fire so i agree he could be on the on the ring of it hopefully he has a good support team around him that he they won't let him get into that situation but we'll have to wait and see yeah man like you can you can even see from his post himself he's like I just want to be wanted. Yes, and that's that's a big thing. Like I think that's, what, that, I think that's just human nature. Like not not like pe- like that's just human nature. Everyone wants to be wanted and valued. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Isaiah Thomas is not getting that wherever he is. Yeah, it's it's sad because like realistically, there's 30 teams in the league, 450 players. Like, how can you not want him? He's he's good enough to be one of those 450 players. It's true. And, and he is not 450th. Like, let's not get that straight. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's get that straight. He's not 450th. So it's like he is still serviceable to uh, all the teams. I was going to say a handful of teams. No, he is good for all the teams. All mm-hmm. 30 teams in the league would be able to use Isaiah Thomas. Right. Some others, others better than others. Like, I get that, but I don't know. I, I feel bad for Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Um, but moving to his uh, AAU teammate, Kevin Love, who came out with his Players' Tribune, um, just shadowing that he does, he has dealt with and is still currently dealing with anxiety issues and panic, panic attacks. Um, so I'll, I'll let you go into the depth of that one. Yeah. So basically the article was saying that earlier this year, November the 5th, uh, I don't know who they were playing against, but uh, basically... At that time, I think there was stuff going on with his family, uh, personal life, uh, the pressure of uh, being a Cavalier with this new team that has so much expectations and they start off the season like four and five or five and four or something like that. Right. All this pressure coming down to him and everyone always saying like, oh, uh, Kevin Love is the new Chris Bosh. Everyone's going to point the finger at him, you know? Um, he suffered an anxiety attack uh, partway through the third quarter. Yeah, I was going to say, on, on the court. Yeah, it couldn't finish the game. Uh, was sent to the, an emergency clinic or something like that. And um, he said that he has never had an anxiety attack before, a panic attack. That was the first time he's ever had it. And it wasn't until then that he realized that mental health, uh, mental health was a real thing. It's serious. And the thing that is really great about him saying that is that I think that's uh, a true thing that a lot of people look at. It's a stigma. Like we look at mental health, it's like, nah, it's just, it's just you're you're just not in the mindset. Get over it. Yeah, you're just having a mood. You're just you're just being moody. Yeah, like man up, right? Yeah. And and that's a big thing. Like manning up is like, what does it mean to be a man? Um. So, I think for him coming out and saying like, hey, like you can be at the top of the world, and you might have these issues and the stigma of not recognizing mental health is going to affect you because you're not getting the treatment for it. Like, sometimes you do need to have some people that you can talk to. Yes. Him being close to his family and everything like that, he still had a lot of things that he wasn't able to open up with his family about. So it's huge. I think a lot of people deal with mental health in some way or another, uh, whether it's large or small. Or even if it's... If it's not you personally, I know everyone has at least a couple people that they have friends, family members that are dealing it with it in some sort of capacity. Right. And it's it's a big thing when a, a celebrity as big as him comes out and says like, hey, even I have problems. I need to get help. Uh, it's, it's great for everyone else to see that, that they're not alone. And what a lot of people 
do think when they do have mental health problems is that they do think they're alone and they don't want to be like, hey, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. No, and I totally agree, especially with um, two superstars coming off and saying something of mental health issues within such close proximity of, of each other. It, there's no way that people can overlook this now. Like with the Mark coming out and saying it and Kevin Love coming out and saying it, it, it is known that mental health is a problem in society right. that is going to affect everybody in some sort of capacity. Right. Um, so I think a lot of it as well was with Kevin Love's panic attacks and anxiety stemming from his, yes, a lot of personal situations, the expectations of the Cavaliers. And then, of course, when something or some an organization doesn't meet expectations, always someone has to be the fallout guy. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not going to be LeBron. Of course, it's probably not going to be the coach. It's going to be the next, second, or third option on the team. Unfortunately, it came out to be Kevin Love. And then that's where a lot of people were pointing fingers at Kevin. And Kevin really didn't know how to handle it. And and I love that you point that out because, um, like he said, that was the first time he's ever experienced anxiety yeah. or a panic attack. Like, if you look at his past history with the Timberwolves, he came in, he had this competitive spirit. He had this fighting spirit. And even though his coach or whoever it was, the organization didn't believe in him, mm-hmm. he was putting up ridiculous numbers and saying, hey, I deserve to be playing. Yeah. Like, I'm getting double-doubles coming off the bench, right? And he had that fierce attitude. Now switch the script, put him on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's not the main guy anymore. And it's like, hold on. Now I don't have the pressure of just dominating the basketball like I normally do, but I have to Still keep be my as good as what LeBron expects me to be. N- not even what LeBron expects. He has to be as good as what the, the league expects from Kevin Love. Because Kevin Love coming out of the Timberwolves, he was a 20 and 15 kind of guy. Right. But now he's with the Cavaliers. Like you said, doesn't have the ball in his hand as much. Doesn't have plays drawn up to him as much as he did in Minnesota. Right. People are still expecting the 2015 kind of guy. From right. Him. But at the same time, like when he was on the Timberwolves, if he fails, he's like, okay, I just Whatever. failed myself. Yeah. But right now, if he fails, he's failing LeBron James of all people. And he's failing not even just LeBron, the whole city of Cleveland that expects so much from that organization. Because right. like at the time in Minnesota, they were going through a rebuilding cycle, like a right. rebuilding stage. If they lost 30, 40, 50 games, which I'm sure they did in his tenure, mm-hmm. the city wouldn't look down on him. So it's 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 whatever. Um, so that's why I think it's more or less, it's all coming back full circle that now you're not just letting yourself down, you're letting yourself down, your family, your friends, your team, your city, yeah. and it gets a lot real quick. And then the other thing he pointed out too was that after he had the panic attack, um, what he was afraid of the most wasn't even that he had the panic attack, but it was whether people would find out. And he was just afraid that people would find out. He was trying to hide it. And the biggest thing that he did uh, was accept that there was an issue and he went to get treatment for it. And it's been paying dividends for him. He's been going to see treatment uh, a couple of times a month. Every time he comes back to Cleveland, um, he's getting better with it. Uh, and uh, even a lot of his teammates didn't know about the situation until that infamous team meeting that they had mm-hmm. where people were pointing fingers at him for missing a game, a different game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tyron Lue was the one that brought it up. He was like, yeah, Guys, panic this is, yeah, this is this is medical. This is not just, all right, let me take a free weekend off. This is, this is a mm-hmm. medical ailment that he was going through. Right. Um, so I just applaud Kevin Love and as well as DeMar DeRozan for coming out and speaking on these tough to conversate issues, especially in the world that we're living in today. Mm-hmm. Just awareness is the biggest thing to, yes. to try and help this situation. It's just all about awareness and trying to, to figure out solutions on the problems that these guys are facing. Mm-hmm. So in all honesty, they did the first thing, the, the best first step, make it public. Make it known that people, normal people, aren't the only ones going through this. Right. Celebrities, athletes, politicians, like everybody's going through some sort of it in some way. It's all about making it well known and getting people support when they need it. I love it because, like, uh, I always, I always crack the joke of like people going to school and they're like studying psychology. It's like, what are you going to do with psychology? <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey. And I think 
this is the type of thing that's going to start opening more options for those psychology students, yeah. right? Like they're they're actually going to be able to put their studies to Jeez. a purpose. And um, interestingly enough, like I used to follow a lot of esports as well. It's a game called League mm-hmm. of Legends, mm-hmm. and one of the big teams in North America uh, called uh, TSM. Um, they also were a team that was expected to be number one all the time the best team in north america always going to their world competition and representing north america and it got to a point where they had one of the best teams that were ever put together in the north american end and they just totally dropped the bomb right and it was like what was the reason and it's because they weren't they weren't playing out of enjoyment anymore they weren't playing the way they usually do because they had this pressure of being the best. They had to be the best. And when they brought in a sports psychologist, sports the sports psychologist worked with some uh, MLB teams. So it's not like esports was the first place. Like MLB has been doing it as well too. And um, the sports psychologist was able to ther- uh, like do therapy with them and they were able to come back to their top performing form. Right? So it's cool that... Uh, something like that was brought up like i think for me at least that's when i really got noticed that hey like therapy is a big thing even even for competitors even if it's video games athletics you would never think that the the expectation that you put on yourself affects you that significantly right always does and these are the little things that you wouldn't know until you can speak about it with somebody else Mm mm-hmm that's that's the main thing is just go out there and find help any way that you possibly can yeah um if it is a friend family member a pastor a priest somebody that will talk to somebody to, a doctor a like, friend will listen yeah like they don't even have to agree they can just listen to yeah. you and like just voice it out. they might not even have a good solution or or something to do to help but like just getting it off your chest to yeah. put it out there will, will benefit you yeah in ways you won't just even imagine. just being able to say it out loud yeah. to somebody sometimes that's enough to at least clarify things or maybe uh that would be a point where you start thinking about other exactly. stuff that you didn't think about just hearing it out just loud. wording it because when you have to try and actually try and formulate words on how to describe how you're feeling it will bring out other ways of looking at it that you never really looked at it the first way mm-hmm. that can give you insight on how you can try and combat the the problems that you might be going through right and again biggest thing is to remember you're not alone everyone's going through it uh, at some point in their lives so worst case scenario go read kevin loves players tribune it is on playerstribune.com get some inspiration off uh, of that i know at the end i think he does have a couple contact information about where you can try and find help if you're looking for help um it's always out there for you guys for sure yep um but wrapping it up back to basketball here guys um another great week for sure. I can't wait for the week to come up about all these games. Playoff races are getting a little bit more heated. Playoff pictures are getting a little bit more clear. Um, injuries are happening every now and then as well. Some key key injuries. Anthony Davis rolled an ankle. Curry rolled an ankle as well. Um, both the playoff-bound teams. Hopefully they can come back in, in due time before playoffs actually get underway and everything of that nature. But anything else that you want to talk about here this week there, Dan? Oh, I'm pretty good. That's the solid. Um, next week the scheduling might be a little bit different this month, just because there's a couple of Saturdays that I can't do it. Uh, but we'll still get episodes out for you guys. Mm-hmm. And definitely, that's why you guys gotta subscribe. You will get a notification when we put out a exactly. updated podcast there. And I know you guys can't wait to hear the next one that we have coming up for you guys. But uh, guys, thank you guys again for listening. If you guys made it all the way through, you, you guys the real, real MVPs. MVPs. Take it Peace. easy, guys. Peace.